Welcome to Pilots with Shmi and Riker. I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. And we are just a couple of nerds who watch entirely too much TV and didn't want all that training and hard work and focus and practice to go to waste. So we made a podcast about it. Each week we watch and review the pilot episode of shows that made it to series on the merits of the pilot as a standalone episode and give it a pass or fail grade as successful or unsuccessful. A successful pilot is one that immediately leaves you wanting to come back for more. And an unsuccessful pilot, well, if you've ever tried to get a friend to binge one of your favorite shows but need to qualify it first with give it a few episodes before you're hooked, probably a good example of an unsuccessful pilot. We try to keep our scoring objective, so we analyze what makes a successful pilot and boiled it down to four essential criteria. Does it clearly establish the genre? How well does it introduce the main characters? Is the overarching plot clearly defined? And does it end with a hook that makes us want to come back for more? Now, our scoring might be objective, but we are not. After all, we are opinionated nerds bullshitting about our favorite TV shows and the shows that we love to hate. Maybe you agree with us. Maybe you think we're way off base. Turns out that discussion is exactly what we're here for. So please tell us all about it in the comments. This is Pilots. This week, we watched New Girl, which is an old-time favorite that Riker and I watched in the original run of the series. Picked this one this week because I needed something incredibly light, and hopefully next week I'll be able to stomach a drama, but (laughs) just not this week. (laughs) Who's that girl? It's Jess. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, I'd forgotten that she uh, sings the theme song for herself in the pilot. Like, you don't actually get the, um, you know, traditional theme that we get later, she just sings it to herself, which it's really cute. I had forgotten that too. That and it's before the, it's before the intro even. Yeah. Like at the, right at the beginning, who's that girl? And she's over when she's really <laughs> hamming it up before she walks in on her ex boyfriend and finds out yeah. that he's cheating on her, which is what prompts the premise of the show, which is her uh, moving into an apartment with three dudes. After a breakup? Kind of mix it up after the most awkward breakup ever. That was a pretty awkward breakup. Oh my God. She's uh, doing this weird sexy dance with the pillow and narrating it. terrible at. (laughs) Typical fashion of Jess. So I feel like they established her character really well. Yeah, they really do. That she's a total goofball and that while she's objectively attractive, (laughs) she's she's pretty. She is the biggest goober ever. Like, Yeah. yeah. So she's narrating it. You were saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's like doing sexy things with the sofa (laughs) and the cushion. (laughs) Yeah, just just watching her hop around, I was like, "Mm, I feel like that's me when I'm trying to be sexy. I'm like, "Ah, goofiness. (laughs) Does this do it for you? I don't take myself seriously enough, and I kind of wonder if that's her thing. (laughs) Stand-up comedy, 21. (laughs) (sighs) But I love it. It's it's a good first scene, even. Um, Well, we had all the characters in a manner of speaking, before the intro. Mm -hmm. Before the intro, we get Cece on the phone during the flashback because it starts out with her talking to, and we don't know who she's talking to yet, Mm -hmm. starts out with her talking to the the boys Mm -hmm. 
which was an ongoing joke in this one that the boys is yeah. not a thing that's going to catch on. Uh, but no, she's with the guys, which is Schmidt, uh, coach, uh, who was replaced by episode two with because uh, he went on to do that other show. What was it called? Happy Endings? I think so. Yeah. Happy Endings. Yeah, really obnoxious. Hated that show. Um, it was so loud. It was just a really loud, immature show, I thought. So I, I always felt, because I think it happened that he picked up, like that actor had the opportunity to choose one or the other, and they mm-hmm. ended up doing happy endings before he did New Girl. Yeah. Um, so it's always interesting. It's This is one of those sitcoms, like, to a small degree, like, or pilots, I mean, like, like the po- pilot from another dimension where... Where it's just different, it's just a little bit different, and Coach being there instead of Winston. That was really weird. For some reason, I thought they had all four of them in our original. Ah, uh, yeah, not until later. Yeah, I had pre-done, started pre-doing my character card, my little note card, yeah. and I wrote Winston on it. I totally had to cross him out. I oh, was like, oh shit, yeah, Winston's not in the pilot. Right, because once they uh, canceled Happy Endings, Good Riddance, Goodbye, um, they, br- <laughs> <laughs> they brought him back, which... Mm-hmm. Which bothered me at the time, and I think it bothered me at the time because it, uh, well, I should say that I, I got to season three of New Girl, mm-hmm. and I stopped watching for a long time because I thought season three was so bad. I remember. Yeah, it was so bad that I had no appetite for the show for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, that was the season they put Nick and Jess together, then they broke them up again. To, it, it was It was premature, and it mm-hmm. just, it was like... It was some bad sitcom tropes that they fell into. Yeah. And by the end of the season, it just felt like it was so directionless, having put Nick and Jess together too soon, that it was... And that was when the they had the sister in it. And it, there was just some really bad storylines, I thought. Yeah. So recently, I started picking it up again, probably during quarantine or something. I just wanted something light and stupid. Oh, funny. That was already familiar, because I didn't want to need to meet any new people. Oh, that's how I've been. Yeah, I get that. I get it. Yeah, totally get it. <laughs> Meeting um, new people. Oh. <laughs> and I gotta say, I in in retrospect or Monday morning quarterbacking it later on in the show. I'm getting a couple years ahead of myself here, but later on in the show, when you had Winston and Coach there at the same time, uh, the show got a little bit crowded because mm-hmm. the like the uh, the living in the loft sort of felt unrealistic to me that there was that many people bumping elbows all the time yeah unless they were actually coupled up though yeah nick and jess would have to actually be sharing a room or you know right but you know i think it worked fine in Mm -hmm. retrospect it worked fine the reason i didn't like it at the time was because it was like well you missed it like you weren't on the show Mm -hmm. and i feel like they always had a hard time with winston's character um and that, so I felt like they were going to sideline Winston and get rid of him for coach, which just didn't happen. So oh, anyway, too. yeah, in, in retrospect, it worked out perfectly fine. Uh, but to watch the original episode again, the dynamic or the pilot again, the dynamic with coach there when you when you get when you're used to not seeing coach as the show goes along. It's really weird. Yeah, it's really weird having him there and then gone for pretty much the whole show. Yeah, and I didn't remember that it was only a couple episodes. For some reason, I thought he stuck it out a full season. But that makes no. sense that I don't have strong memories of him. Like, literally, a- my only memories was were, sorry, my memories were that he was terrible speaking to women. And I assumed that came up later. But, in fact, that came up in this episode. It's because he was only in one episode. <laughs> okay. No, that's why he was only in the pilot. And then we went to Winston. That's so crazy. Man, now I kind of wish we'd watch the second one just for comparison. <laughs> that way I get to see Winnie. <laughs> Uh, well, watching this episode took us an hour and a half, 
yeah. and it was 22 <laughs> minutes long. <laughs> like that, that pause button, man. Uh, it was a lot to say. Yeah. Um, so it had nothing to do with the show. <laughs> so anyway. Before we get too far into characters, do you want to quick nail down the genre slash the conventions of the show? Is that what we do for... Oh, that is the first Typically, thing Typically, we always part. like to get into characters first. And in the first couple episodes, that's what we did, but... No, I don't want to. I want to keep saying what I was saying now that you reminded me what I was saying. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so what I was saying was that before the intro, mm-hmm. you get... Uh, she's talking to the guys. You know who she's yeah. talking to yet. She's just establishing. She's telling a story. It's the story of her break up uh in that story as she's going on the way to seduce her uh ex-boyfriend she's talking to cc on the phone who's of course her best friend and her roommate i forgot that cc was her roommate yeah i had forgotten that as well um i found it weird that it wasn't that she was living with her ex-boyfriend that prompted the move it's that she's living with her model best friend and she needs a change of scenery i would say that that was kind of a plot hole yeah because it it really if you in any kind of reality that you can imagine, if you go through this traumatic breakup, mm-hmm. you're going to want to hang out with your friend at home. Absolutely. And do some man-hating, in part. Well, I mean, at least with somebody you feel already emotionally vulnerable Her best with, friend in the world, yeah. Which, although I will say, she obviously had no problem whatsoever being emotionally vulnerable in front of those three guys. So, maybe it's just that that wasn't going to stop her. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. I don't feel like there was enough uh, genuine motivation for her to be moving out of CeCe's situation. Like to me, it should have been like, oh, well, CeCe's got this other thing going on or, you know, I've really been couching, couch surfing for CeCe. You know, like I stayed with her for a while. A week. Yeah, a week. and Time to move on. It's time to move on. She's got, you know, one room. Yeah, that really made no sense. Yeah. Um, So then you get at the very end, right before the, right before the, opening credits mm-hmm. or the intro you have the guys mm-hmm. the boys the uh sitting on the couch just kind of giving her a do- oh she says anyway what was the question after she tells this <laughs> long jessian story uh he said nick says i asked if you had pets <laughs> so we know a lot about her like her character i feel like is really well fleshed out before Absolutely. like before they started making the show they really knew the the voice that this character that the show is going to be told through absolutely yeah and then you pick up with uh the guys right after that then we get to meet them a little bit mm-hmm. i gotta say i like the original uh trio the original trio made more sense to me because winston was such a goofball he was such a he was such a goofy you know, comedian mm-hmm. of a guy yeah. that he just didn't play. He couldn't play the, he couldn't play the athlete role like coach did. Cause that's not, yeah. him. that's obviously not him. I don't him. think he was supposed to play the athlete role either though. No, he was because when he first comes into the show, he comes in from, he was playing basketball in Sweden until they found a better black guy, which oh. is a joke that they make. In yeah, the show. He okay. says, they even called him whatever the Swedish word was, or I can't remember this country he was in. He goes, you know what that translates to? The better black guy. <laughs> so they literally just replaced me with the better black guy. My, but what I'm going for here is the dynamic of the trio, the way it felt like it was originally laid out. Uh, Nick was less of a slob or that hadn't come to, that wasn't clear yet. He didn't have all of his quirks that he, like he's such a funny character. Mm-hmm. Nick, But he's pretty straight in this. He's he's sardonic. He reminds me of, uh, of the guy, Santino, what's his name? And, oh, and, Crazy ex-girlfriend. Screw this up. Fontina, I think. Your crazy ex-girlfriend. Fontana, yeah. Santino Fontana, I think is what it is. Something like that. 
That's I a always fuck it up every but time. He, <laughs> he's got this sardonic world war, world wary mm-hmm. uh, way about him. I think. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, Schmidt, who is uh, the douchebag. He's a douche. <laughs> yeah, he's straight out douchebag with the douchebag jar, which very they established bro-y. very early on. Yes, but he's. Also, kind of a neurotic metrosexual. I don't think mm-hmm. the full metros come out yet. Uh, I I actually wrote down that it was totally like I felt like they established it early on. Let me pull up my note card here. Um, God, what was it? I I forget what it was that he was. His comment. I apparently did not write down what the specific what did note you even was. Bring the note cards for. I don't know. I don't know what I did. I was just like, he was immediately positioned as their metrosexual character. Oh, you know what it was? It was Jess was like, oh, I just assumed you guys were a woman. Oh. Because of words like right. sun bleached and beigey. You're right. Because it was when she's responding to the ad, I thought mm-hmm. you were, I assumed you were, I assumed it was a house of girls or whatever she yeah. said. And coach kind of points at Schmidt saying this because he wrote it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's funny. Schmidt and Nick less so because we just don't know very much about Nick so far. And he's a, he's just a s- tiny fragment of the character he becomes. Yeah. Schmidt is a very unrealized character at this point. Schmidt? Yeah, because he's... he's the, when the very early episodes... Because before we watched this and I said the show just felt different at the beginning. Um, and it felt a little bit bigger. Yeah. I guess it wasn't the pilot I was thinking of. There's a collection of the first couple episodes of the first season where Schmidt has not realize him like that character he's very um in the first couple episodes i seem to recall that he's very because he's like terrified to talk to cc yeah yeah which and, was not the case in the this episode in fact he took his shirt off for, immediately. A, mo- for a known model like immediately which is ballsy <laughs> don't make me laugh <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so those two just they're they're you know their introduction to their show is fine they're likable enough mm-hmm. but there's so much more that those characters become. I think it's interesting that the the only character that they really had a grasp on, maybe the only one they needed to, I say they, you know, the producers, writers, was yeah. Jess. And they, but they had a very strong grasp on who that oh, character yeah. was. I don't feel like she really deviates from that. I mean, At she all. grows a bit in some ways, but like she is definitely always a dork. She makes me squirm in my seat with some of the things she says and does and the it's really the way she says it mm-hmm. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the fat albert thing that she's right. got going on i'm just like what what are we doing <laughs> that's not sexy <laughs> <laughs> not at all um it's well oh there's a scene toward the i don't know end of the episode somewhere at the hour and 15 minute mark i think is where we were there is a moment where nick says to jess maybe i should just be like you jess and i should poop out rainbows or whatever and ride on a unicorn that's who that character was the entire and and it actually didn't make sense at that point because she's all depressed when they meet her Mm -hmm. like this entire time she's been depressed the whole plot of this episode is we have this really obnoxious dramatic depressed roommate who's bawling her eyes out all the time because and watching dirty dancing six times a day we need to get her out on the rebound yeah and when he says i should just be like farting rainbows and riding a unicorn around we don't we haven't met that character yet not really yeah it actually now that you mentioned it is kind of odd that he would just know that about her right but i guess the point is that the writers the producers I would think Zoe Deschanel herself <laughs> knew that that's who the character was. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah. Okay, now uh, to your point. <laughs> number one. 
<laughs> Does it establish the genre or conventions of the show? I would say um, that it definitely sets us up for a dynamic between just a male-female relationship that, at least initially, between all of them starts platonic. And mm. I feel like as we continue on, it can, they, they continue to inform, you know, each other's life situations based on the gender perspective from the other side. It is a sitcom, though, at the end of the day. Very silly. We know that the uh, the very general premise of mm-hmm. the show is it's kind of a boys versus girls comedy. Absolutely. And how a trio of guys who are, you know, pretty well established in their kind of their gimmick, mm-hmm. you know, coaches the uh, is the obnoxious uh, musclehead. He's the meathead guy. Yeah. He doesn't know how to talk to girls because he's because he's too testosterone all the time. Stop it! You just stop it. Yeah. Stop crying. Uh, and he can't. He's a coach and he can't figure out how to talk to women. Yeah. Uh, you got the world wary, disaffected guy and the uh, and then the sensitive one. Yeah. Um, and then how those things are going to interplay? How those three clearly distinct and defined types of guys mm-hmm. are going to interact with this girl who's now upended their lives and they're clearly by the end of this episode going to love each other and they're going to be friends and it will be the conflicts and the whimsical storylines that we come across through these characters who are connected deeply mm-hmm. but all very different yeah but mostly guys versus girls yeah 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 I agree that's the whole premise yeah cool I have to say, I didn't really realize, I guess, I hadn't remembered that that was the main takeaway, that it was like, you know, the men informing kind of the, how women should, you know, especially just going into, going back into the dating world, mm-hmm. them trying to like prime her with all of the tips and tricks, you know, keep your sentences short, you know, laugh at the jokes or whatever it was. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't sing to yourself. That was one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I had just forgotten that it has a lot of the platonic relationship. You know, obviously you ship Jess and Nick pretty early on. I don't know that I saw it the first time I watched the pilot that there could have been a little something between them. Aside he's, from his gesture at the end there. He's the leading man. Oh, he is. And he's, ah, I don't know. I, I think I, through the wor- first watch through, I might have thought Schmidt was. Really? Yeah. I mean, he was the one who put the roommate out, your roommate ad out. He has the biggest opinions as far as anything that they're doing he's kind of as far as the three guys he seems like the boss of them i mean don't get me wrong as we go on the series goes on i definitely don't get that because you learn later that schmidt has kind of a codependency with nick and nick's kind of the actual backbone of the two well that might be why the early iteration of schmidt didn't work because Because the character what we it's like he was he was like the the loft wife (laughs) <laughs> yeah, before the girl came along mm-hmm. like he's the one who writes the ads he's the one um coaches there but but nick is nick is the one who seems to have the most to offer to the plot or to the character like that conversation that they have at the bar where they're kind of challenging each other a little bit which that, one's up when he's saying you're gonna fart out rainbows or whatever oh, that yeah. one is that interplay between the two of them uh, that shows that because they're both going through a breakup. Ah, that's exactly. the other thing. They're that's both the going tie-in. through a breakup. Absolutely. And, and they're kind of challenging each other on ideas. Mm-hmm. Whereas Schmidt and 
Jess are connected like girlfriends. Uh, could be, you know, yeah. potentially. Uh, which becomes the Winston role later. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so I, I thought, to me it was pretty clear that it was going to be, that Nick would be the... The leading male. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's the one, he's kind of like the... Uh, the hero that doesn't want to answer the call, which is a, not a great analogy, but you no, know, I know exactly what you're talking right. about though. And I love that. Um, that was actually our Cobra Kai, you know, Johnny was our hero that didn't want to answer right. the call. So definitely. Yeah. Uh, I guess I was surprised at how forgettable I found this pilot. How forgettable. Yeah. The only thing I really remembered was the awkward breakup in the beginning, because like, how can you forget that? And then the Gandalf reference when Schmidt sits that next door. That was very clear to you. Oh, yeah. No, that was like, because it spoke to me immediately. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's a nerd. I love her. <laughs> well, before we press play, you said, I hope this is the one with the Gandalf reference. Yeah. Which is, I was like, I don't which know. was simply like, I'll be your guide. And she's like, like Gandalf, Gandalf. from Middle Earth. <laughs> no, don't say that shit. <laughs> I mean, what did he say next? Something about going to a cave somewhere. Oh, I don't Gollum know. will find us in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and i actually at this moment when i'm i'm remembering things from the early episodes mm-hmm. that still felt like the pilot where the show felt new and unfamiliar yeah and before schmidt had found his sort of unique voice hit back when his hair was still curly yeah this wavy curly hair at the beginning of the show later he doesn't okay i i don't think i caught the hair difference no, I'm gonna have to. Well, he dresses different later too. I mean, oh, after sure. a while, he's like he's very stinsoned out. He's always in a suit. Yeah, I didn't even know. Do you do? You, did you happen to catch what he was wearing this episode? A lot of black. Yeah, he was wearing a western. Oh, that's right. <laughs> no, just kidding. That's right. No, no, that was the oh, costume. Oh, before thing that, it was a t-shirt. It was though, a black that t-shirt and jeans off. the whole time, mm-hmm. which we just off. don't see. Yeah, twice I think, didn't he? Like yes. his shirt. <laughs> yeah. Later, you would never see him dress like that in the show. Though. No, because he's it's, so uptight about you have to wear a suit. You have to wear a suit. You have to look your best at all times. Yeah, or if he was dressed kind of casually, he'd, he'd always be tucked in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was yeah. a very... Later, his, his, his image is very sophisticated and refined. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like they developed him more as a character later. Definitely the... I appreciate that they built, built in the background that he used to be seriously overweight and that you know ah, fetchment. that yeah. it re- yeah that it really informed why he's kind of a bro that you know of course he cares about his weight did you see him before do you have any idea what kind of work went into this like i i might be a little broy about it too <laughs> i didn't pay attention to it in this episode or in this viewing mm-hmm. of this episode but i don't think this episode had that many flashbacks did it have any Yes, just at the beginning oh, that I could think was of a flashback. during right. the breakup, which I wouldn't really count because yeah. it was, I mean, maybe you count it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe you count it, but it, it's not noteworthy because you don't know the conven- the storytelling mm-hmm. conventions of the show yet. But later, much of the show is told through flashbacks, There's little short snippets. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, so maybe the tone of the show changed a whole lot. Yeah. Maybe that's why it feels like a different show to me when I watch early on. It feels... Like they play it a little straighter. Yeah. I have to say the loft definitely looks a little bit different in the pilot. It doesn't look like a completely different place per se, but I didn't feel like it was necessarily the loft we get later. It doesn't feel like home yet. It doesn't feel like home yet. Yeah. Because they changed some of the <laughs> set dressing probably. Oh yeah. As it goes with pilots. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're always weird. They're always weird and uncomfortable looking back. 
I mean, in in broadcast TV shows, like True Pilots. Yeah. Uh, A little bit campy for the first episode. Well, like I can think of Roseanne. It's a different DJ in the first episode. So whenever the, you know, the sun. So whenever we get back to uh, the pilot, Mm -hmm. if you're watching it on TV and it's like, ah, who's this little weirdo and where did he come from? Yeah. I'm sure he's fine. Like the funny thing is if that's the actor that you knew for nine years, you'd see the other guy. You'd be like, who is that? What are we watching? (laughs) So there's always a little bit of that. What are we like? What is this show? Yeah. And I think that might contribute to, I don't know. I think it season two, I thought was gold. And that's when I started watching it. My mom and I were watching it together in season two. Uh, And season two was just every, it was one of those seasons where like every episode felt like it was kind of going to be a classic episode in that show. Which is why season three let me down so hard. Yeah. I didn't realize you watched it with your mom. That's fun. Did she have any favorite characters or parts? Uh, like, who was she rooting for? No, I don't know that we discussed it a bunch. No. Uh, she loved Jess, of course. She, today, to this day, she says, what's that girl, the cute girl with the glasses? <laughs> like, when she's trying to set me up with a girl or something, she'll be like, oh, she looks kind of like that... Uh, what's that cute girl with the bangs and the glasses? She's been trying to set you up with a Zoe De Chanel lookalike, and you haven't taken her up on it. Well, just because your mom's got an idea that some girl might like uh, you doesn't mean some girl's about to like you. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Touche. Okay. <laughs> uh, number two, does it effectively introduce us to the characters? That was a yes. Yeah, I think so. We, I think we nailed everyone. Um, uh, let's yeah. kind of go through. See Schmidt, our metrosexual dude, kind of neurotic. Which, by the way, I have to say that last comment he made to Jess, like, no matter what, I'd still I do, do yeah. you. I was like, that felt really out of place. I, <laughs> I wasn't a fan of that. I really liked the idea that they could just start from the beginning platonic. I get that it's kind of like a confidence booster thing, but but he wasn't that kind of douchebag. They, yeah. they really didn't have a handle on Schmidt. He like, and they did acknowledge that he was a douchebag. They passed the jar, right. which I love that part of the show. It. That was an ongoing thing that was like an important part of the series as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it went on seasons. Yeah, I mean, they, the, uh, you know, years later when he's, when he's proposing to alert, spoiler alert, the girl that he proposes to, <laughs> um, we go back to that uh, when they first, when he first said to her, girl, I'm going to marry you. And he, as he says it, he throws the money in the jar. <laughs> That, that was an early season one mm-hmm. episode back when the show felt weird and Schmidt was not who here. Here's what it is. Think of the office mm-hmm. when we go from Michael Scott season one, fat, bald Michael Scott to Michael Scott season two, where he's all trim and nearly handsome as Ricky Gervais refers to uh, the actor who plays Michael Scott, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and he's all thin and he's got this thick head of hair now. Yeah. Season two, uh, you watch season one of The Office, it's short, it's like six episodes, I think yeah. it's only six episodes. I think you're right. It It's totally unfamiliar, it's not really the show that you come to know and love, and season two is kind of the beginning of the show. So you watch those early episodes, which is easy to do because there's only six of them, mm-hmm. but by season two, it's a totally different show that is now representative of this show. Yeah. Season two of New Girl is like the season that represents the series as a whole to me. Yeah. That's fair. Um, what was I saying though? That so that early on, oh yeah, so that early on thing where where we established the douchebag jar that does stick with the show forever, which is funny because 
it no longer. I, I don't know. He, he goes. A, they go a different way with him. Not that he's not still a douchebag, but it's a yeah. douchebag of a different sort. They at least give it an explanation, so you don't just hate this broy guy. Yeah. That it's really him just kind of expressing his insecurities. Right. That's what he is in season right now. He's like an mm-hmm. he's an insecure guy who's a little bit feminine, even uh, who you know bros it up to be you know masculine. But as it goes on, we really establish, no, he's weird. He's a weird, neurotic, OCD, uh, one, of a, one of a kind character. But douchebag isn't the word that I would use to define the character later on. Yeah. I'm not I even really here. No, no, no. It's definitely one of those things, though, if you were the guy's friend, you would definitely be wanting to hold him accountable for some of his behaviors. But it doesn't mean that as a whole, he's a douchebag by any means. Like, Look, he's still a lovable character among them. We know you're a sweetheart, so stop pretending you're a douchebag. That's exactly what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Like Stay it, in your lane. <laughs> it might not be the worst thing that you're a sweetheart. We know that that's not how you want to be seen, but you definitely don't want to be seen as the douchebag that you pretend that you are. Yeah, definitely. Been there. (laughs) Uh, I don't know that we... Oh, yeah. We said that uh, the genre was uh, successfully established. Mm -hmm. Characters successfully established. I would say so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cece doesn't have much to do here. She doesn't. Um, I do... What we do get from her, I like that she's stern and likes to lay down the law with the guys. Very confident. Yeah. You break... You know, you break Jess's heart. I will come and murder all of you. Well, these are just guys. These are average run-of-the-mill guys she is a professional model mm-hmm. uh she is at her prime right here this is not the cc we get later i mean cc has get a major arc she's probably got the biggest arc i feel like of any of the characters yeah i think you might be right um uh so, i don't know nick well i actually haven't finished the series yet can you believe that <gasps> <gasps> i keep forgetting that okay i have to say later later series winston is so good his pranks are like <laughs> i'm there so outrageous you are okay yeah. His pranks are the reason I like him. Like, <laughs> they go way too far, don't get me wrong. And some of them are just stupid as hell, but that is, like, the reason to love it. I love Winston. I just wish they had some idea of who the character of Winston was. Yeah. They go through so many different, he's going to be this, he's going to be that. He's sort of a Jackie, like Roseanne again. He's sort of a Jackie character where only that character, I think, was well-established as I, I can't get my life together. Mm-hmm. This one was like a... They just never quite knew what to do with him. So they, I feel like they were constantly reinventing him. That's and, they, fair. and they made him a basket case when it really, I don't know why he was a basket case. Yeah, they they did kind of undermine his capability. Like I will constantly. say, um, are you, well, I don't feel like it's a huge spoiler to say that he becomes a police officer. Oh my goodness. Okay. No, I know that part. Oh goodness, you startled me. My heart's racing now. <laughs> oh, it's the headset. <laughs> <laughs> it must be. Uh yeah, no, um, I forgot what we just said. You startled me so much. The cop. Cop, yes. It just, it's weird to me. It becomes weird that he is trusted with other people's lives because they don't paint him as a capable individual. Even when he's a cop, they still make a fuck up out of him. Yeah, it kind of I seems like he should be supervised. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. And it kind of, it always bothered me yeah. more than a little bit. And it, honestly, he's a caricature of a person. It could be as simple as that's the way he played the role. Yeah. Like he's a funny, he's a hysterically funny guy. Mm -hmm. He's so funny and charming and just plays it kind of dumb. And, uh, 
like so enjoyed playing the role that way that the role became that way. Yeah. But I felt like it was the writers coming I up short so. on, on what they wanted to do with him. And then he played it with such um, charisma. Yeah. With so much personality that like you, you wouldn't have traded him for anything, but you loved him so much. Mm-hmm. You just wanted him to be, perform at a reasonably higher level. Yeah. They just don't give him enough to do like, his absence isn't noticed plot-wise. Like, there's a levity you're missing without Winston. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like he does a whole lot for the plot. I don't ever feel like he was, like, super important for Jess. I don't feel like he was super important. Like, you know, Schmidt and Nick are obviously codependent totally. as fuck. So, you know, they don't need Win- They don't need Winston. Well, and he was... When he comes into the show, he's the new roommate. Mm-hmm. She's supposed to be the new roommate. She's the new girl. Yeah. And he comes in as the new character. And they say, no, no, no. We've got a long history with Winston. Mm-hmm. He lived here before Coach did. Like, he, yeah. like Winston's way more important to us than Coach did. Okay, let's just get past the Coach thing now. This is the guy. We've, we've replaced Coach with the better black guy. <laughs> That's how it plays. And it was, and we're supposed to be reviewing the pilot. But I guess you can't review the pilot without talking about Winston. Because because it's very notably absent. part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I don't know. It was always a, it was frustratingly weak what they, what they did. That's why I was constantly concerned for his employment when they brought coach back. Cause it was like, Oh, obviously they're going to bring coach back. Cause they cannot figure out what the heck to do with Winston still. And then coach comes back in and he just plays it like Mr. Cool. And he's Mr. Cool again. But I think that was really the, the essential problem with Winston wasn't the character. Cause the character was really supposed to be, coach mm-hmm. um was maybe it wasn't and i love the guy and i have no criticisms of him as an actor no but, notes <laughs> but uh he no notes <laughs> no girl reference <laughs> <laughs> he he's not he doesn't round out the the triad mm-hmm. of male roommates he doesn't there's no triad there's yeah. uh schmidt and nick are friends also winston's there also, Jess is there. Mm-hmm. Winston doesn't feel like like the character that we kind of get of Schmidt at the beginning, yeah, which is uh, the insecure guy who's a little bit feminine. <laughs> he becomes who Schmidt becomes, which is you know one of a kind, and Winston becomes kind of feminine, insecure doesn't know who to be or how to be it. They and also then, make him a weird cat person, like yeah, a really weird cat person. Right. Like there's there's cat lady and then a step above that is Winston. Like <laughs> if you were to tune into the show episode 67, mm-hmm. 100, you know, episode 112, give me any random one. If you were to tune into the show not as a fan and weren't familiar with these characters it, it was, it's like you wouldn't be, you wouldn't connect with it because everybody would just be eccentric. Like, okay, well, why is he this way? What's with the cat? What's with that? And it's like, there's layers of stuff that just sort of came up over time that we continued with, even though they didn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, like the cat thing, like the weird girlfriends that Winston had at certain times. Like yeah, they couldn't really find weird. a girlfriend for him. It was like, why was he just so pathetic? But I guess what I'm going for here is the male triad that they gave us where everybody w- represented like a certain type of 
male. We we lost the the sort of traditionally just the traditionally masculine guy and coach. And then Winston's role didn't make any sense. Yeah, I agree. They they really didn't do enough with him. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer. He is. I mean, he does play the role well, given as little as he is. You know, for him to have as little as he was given by the writers, for him to still be a beloved character yeah. is really a. It's something. It's remarkable. It says a lot about him. It says a lot Absolutely. about the actor because they never. He never had enough to do, and what he had to do was always humiliating. Completely unrelated to New Girl and only to the actor who plays Winston, there is a new Hulu show called Woke that has him in it. And I keep eyeballing it and I'm like, mm, it's got Winston. I might watch that. You said that really fast. There's a new show called Woke. Woke. And he's in it. And he's in okay. it on Hulu. 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 <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know. I just, I've always said it. Like when the little vanity card for Hulu comes up. Yeah, I go, Hulu. I go, Hulu. 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 <laughs> Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> They'll want that at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Does this pilot episode of the show New Girl, Mm -hmm. which originally aired on Fox. Did it? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I have memory serves. Does it clearly establish the plot we can expect for the rest of the series? I would think so, yeah. Uh, it's the roommates involving each other in or themselves in each other's personal lives. And a lot of that advice comes through the specific lens of the opposite sex. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think the, I think the, I mean, this harkens back to our first thing, which is genre. Does it, mm-hmm. uh, does it successfully establish the genre and conventions of the show? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, it, it grows mm-hmm. past this as it really should. Um, cause if a pilot, if it, if the pilot is better than the rest of the show, it means the show didn't grow, right? It got worse. Jumped the shark. Um, and if you go back and think, oh, that was kind of weird, mm-hmm. which this one was. Yeah. <laughs> um, it got, you know, it got, it got bigger. It got deeper. But uh, I, I agree. I think based on how well they established the genre, and it's a simple genre. It um, it's which one can appreciate <laughs> yeah and it's like friends it's like a you know here's an apartment with people hanging people of a certain mm-hmm. age at a certain time in their life going through dating you know things like that career changes yeah and the you know the comedy uh that surrounds that um so and there's i just don't have that much more to say about it it's like yeah it seems pretty clear what we can expect absolutely uh how about the hook does it have a clear hook yeah, to me it was, um, I mean, that part at the end where they're not just her roommates that gave her all the advice, that they actually came through for her and, you know, ditched their own. Like, it it seemed like that they were supposed to go to the party of the year, you know. Schmidt had Nick reach out to his ex-girlfriend Caroline, so that way they could even get into this fucking party. <laughs> Which seems to be Cowboys and Indians theme, I hope. Otherwise, everyone's just dressing really fucking weird for this party. Right. Um. But yeah, so, you know, he's being offered, you know, Nick is being offered a drink by or going out to drinks by Caroline, you know, and finally is feeling like he might be able to get some closure and like really talk that out. And as soon as he realizes that, you know, that Jess's date stood her up and that he's showing up to the party. They pushed on her Mm -hmm. to go um, when she was supposed to be, what do we call it? Rebounding. Rebounding, yeah. And and the guy says, she called me or texted me, whatever it was, like seven times. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to call her. Yeah, like I would call her. This is so did you cancel on her or is she just sitting at the restaurant waiting for you? Yeah. 
Yeah. And so to have all three of them show up was really great. Um, it was very heartwarming. And I felt like that was it showed that they are not going to just tolerate her, that they have a deep compassion for her and are going to make room for this little weirdo in their hearts. She's one of the boys. Yeah, exactly. I have to say, I really enjoyed um, Nick's line. It was, we're reverse Mormons. One guy just isn't enough for her. It was like the most awkward comment. And I think you and I both mentioned that it was like, that's really weird that the waitress would be like, you're all her dates. <laughs> like said no waitress ever. Like, what's your deal? Right. Because, they, <laughs> well, they were about to kick her out because she's yeah. sitting there having a meltdown at the table. It seems like a pretty fine dining restaurant. She's holding up a reservation. Her guy, she's clearly gotten stood up. Uh, and and she, you know, she as she's trying to remove her. Then three guys show up. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool! We were only expecting two. Now we have a party of four. Yeah. And she said, "Oh, you're all on a date with her." It's like, wow, you really were over her, huh? Mm-hmm. So not only did the person show up, as far as you know, who's going to be here for dinner, multiply that by three, and you're inconvenienced by it. Which was just sort of like another one of those stupid sitcom moments that yeah. like we wrote it in and it's a stupid sitcom so it doesn't need to make sense. It was like she said it so that they could land the joke exactly. that Nick had to set it up. But exactly yeah. that. Well, and I think coming from an, an area of the world too, it's always funny. It's hilarious to me whenever Hollywood wants to make jokes about Mormons because there aren't that many Mormons in Hollywood. <laughs> are there not? There are not. Uh, a lot of Scientologists, maybe. Very few Mormons. <laughs> oh, touche. So whenever they want to make a Mormon joke, it's like, I always feel like they really don't know anything about Mormons. And I always appreciate their the, the Mormon jokes because, uh, you know, because we grew up with tons of Mormons and they've all historically been my my nearest and dearest buddies. And I know they hate the jokes, but like the jokes never really make any sense. Like, we're, we're reverse Mormons. Yeah, it's funny. But uh, I don't I don't personally know that many Mormons who are polygamous. Yeah, I, none. <laughs> none. I have never met a polygamous. Like, I feel like that's kind of an old-fashioned convention. It, exactly. It's an old... And you don't even call... Like, I think they go by LDS now. It's very... No, I don't, they go by members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. My way is much shorter Like I that. said, no, it's not <laughs> your way or their way. Okay. That's the old way. That's a ra- really racist thing you okay. just said. Calling a Mormon or <laughs> LDS? LDS. Oh. <laughs> no, yeah, now they're members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. No, oh, that's good to know. I think they wanted Jesus in the name, so people took them as Christians. No, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but, so, it, this, is a, this is a joke that when you live here and have a large Mormon community, mm-hmm. like, you yeah, know how, how things like that tick them off. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's actually kind of a bigoted thing, mm-hmm. but it's Hollywood. And so they're cares? just going to say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Just, who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so what, how did this episode end? It, did it, it didn't end at the restaurant, did it? Yeah, I think it ended with them all leaving the restaurant together. Getting kicked out of the restaurant after out. they break into song. Oh, because they sing the song from... Dirty Dirty Dancing. Dancing. Yeah, which, by the way, seems really weird that that would be like a go-to breakup movie. I've never seen it, and I guess I just don't have a... Why would you say that? I don't have a breakup ritual, I guess. So the idea that she would go to something that has... I don't know. That she would go to Dirty Dancing seems really odd to me. I do. I have a breakup ritual. Do you? I I really want to know. Yes, I listen to Fuck You by CeeLo Green really (laughs) loud and over and over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, I don't know that one. I'm going to have to listen or listen to it. You don't know Fuck You by CeeLo Green? No. Yeah, you do. Probably. Sitting I don't know. Right downtown with the girl I love. And I'm like, 
fuck you and fuck her too. Oh, you're right. I do know that song. That's good. The song. You always hear forget you. Forget you. (laughs) You're right. That's exactly why. And I do like that song a lot. Um, No, that's a good breakup song. I I have curated breakup playlists, um, like depending on the intensity of the breakup, you know, they go anything from like, you know, empowering women stuff to man hating bullshit. (laughs) Fuck him. (laughs) Fuck you. You ho. I don't want you back. (laughs) I really only had one breakup that was rough on me, though. So I, I guess I really don't have a ritual. But that one got me through that. That time around. And that one turned into because, you know, Spotify and Spotify was pretty new at the time. Mm-hmm. Spotify led from that one into Lily Allen's. Uh, oh, I love Lily fuck Allen. You, fuck, fuck you. very much. Oh, I love that you know Lily Allen. That's That sings to me. I know her from that. <laughs> I know her from CeeLo Green leading into Fuck You by Lily Allen. So Lily Allen's father is a comedian and I feel like it shows up in like everything that oh. she does that she's very tongue in cheek like hilarious with everything she says or sings i guess her lyrics are all very witty uh, singular wit singular wit yes uh is it a comedian that we would know i don't i don't know i did i didn't recognize him maybe you would i'm not well versed in comedy i suppose but her brother though um is alfie um who plays the guy oh gosh what is his name he's in game of thrones He's the one who has his penis taken off. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, I've not been able to remember his name for months. <laughs> I'm like trying to remember even what they called him as a nickname. And it's just, it's totally escaping me. Something Greyhorn. Uh, here, let me ask Siri. Okay. Game of Thrones, wiener removal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't Google image search that now. <laughs> uh, Rhett? Theon. Theon. Theon Greyjoy. Greyjoy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when Game of Thrones, when I got through it, mm-hmm. uh, and I watched the whole series at about the time, like I ended my binge a couple months after it went off the air. Yeah. So. Uh, Which is I, amazing that you shielded yourself from spoilers. Can I just say, like, I'm so impressed that you were able to do that. Oh, thank you very much. Like, I had to go in, like, I was a week behind on some of them, and I'd hear people in the cubicles talking about it, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. You need to give it two weeks before you start talking about episodes. Yeah. That's some bullshit. Have you some cannot standards. Talk, it comes out on Sunday or whatever. I think it was Sunday. I you cannot was. talk about it on Monday. Like, how fucking dare you? Well, I had some friends <laughs> staying with me at the time uh, and Sundays for, like, a month or two. Mm-hmm. And on Sundays, they would, he would come downstairs, uh, my buddy Mark mm-hmm. would come downstairs, and he... His eye, he always looks unhealthy anyway. He did at that time because he had a bad relationship that he was in. <laughs> he would go downstairs and uh, and his eyes were bulging. And he was like, oh, dude, like I, uh, I was like, what, what happened to you? Like, did you and Deb get in a fight again? Like, what's she doing to you? And it was like, no, man, the battle scene in that episode, it was like, wow. Mm. And it was like, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. I'm back in season two still. I can't hear about mm. it. Uh, like things just got really good where yeah. I'm at. Like, so don't no, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Uh, so I, there was times I felt like I got close, but no, I, I was, I kept it. I did stay out of it. I didn't hear. I had no idea. That's good. Yeah. I didn't understand. Like I remember getting toward the end of the show thinking, I feel like Daenerys and, uh, what's his name? Are you thinking Jon Snow? Yeah. Daenerys and Jon Snow are going to be a couple. And it was like, oh yeah. Like. Big ideas, huh? Like, wait till you see where this train wreck goes. 
<laughs> yeah. The moment we started shipping them, though, it was a it was a nice idea. It was a great prospect. It was. Uh, and that's all we'll say on that for anyone who does want to waste their time on now, Game of Thrones. <laughs> beyond Greyjoy, though. That's a <laughs> good one. Uh, <laughs> what I wanted to say was when I first finished it, I, I kind of played a game. It wasn't a game, yeah. but uh, I told people it was a game. Whatever. It was a game. And the game was uh, who would you most like to be and who mm-hmm. would you whose journey would you most like to be on and whose would you least like to be on okay yeah yeah. and everybody had their answer mm-hmm. in fact play it amongst yourselves right now pause this so we don't I spoil most it for like you. to where they ended up or like the opportunities given to them because uh, i feel like i would have chosen different paths than everyone given that i've seen it all the way through and i was not happy with anyone's no ultimate the, way, choices. the way the actual journey that each individual character was on if you had to experience yeah. that journey which one would you most like to be on, and which one would you least like to? I mean, probably Daenerys because who doesn't want to be able to walk in fire and fly dragons? Like those are my Super dreams. Cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, That's your most. Yeah, and I, probably having my penis cut off would be pretty lowly ranked. Although I have to say, Tyrion has it pretty rough. Also, like mm. having your parents, your family, just kind of inherently hate you. Having people like think of you as lesser than because you're small like i don't know the whole thing would be and then fuck up every single thing that there is to fuck up in the last two seasons and become yeah. a totally worthless character even though you were the best character for the entire show yeah i and but i really loved him so i feel like yeah i feel like he was underserved but absolutely is i think theon gets renamed as wreck right wretch something something weird after his penis is taken away from After, him. After by the king who's mm-hmm. mutilated him. Absolutely. And so he has some weird remember. nickname for him. But yeah, his journey, I think I would actually like the very least because his identity is taken from him. He is stripped away to just like, yeah, just the tiniest piece of himself. I thought, um, what is the young younger daughter's name? Um her name is escaping me right now. The one who's a total badass. You know, I know spaces. exactly who you're talking about. It's <laughs> funny about the show. As long as it took to memorize those names. Mm-hmm. Quick to forget. Yeah, they don't stick with you. Even yeah. though it's all very familiar still. Mm-hmm. Don't stick with you. Um, Arya? Snow. Arya? Ar- yeah. Okay. Arya Snow. It's not a snow. No, snow. no, no. Uh-uh. Um, She's, um... Jeez. Oh, what are you Stark. doing? Stark. Thank Arya you. Stark. Jeez. These are the easy uh, ones, even. I promise we're professional TV listeners and our watchers. Uh, <laughs> promise we're pros. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I really thought her journey was interesting, but it was way more challenging than I would want for a journey. <laughs> like she went through some serious shit. So I, I asked this question to somebody once and uh, said, who'd you most like to be? He says, Ned Stark, get it over with quick. <laughs> no shit. And I thought that was a really good answer. That was probably my favorite <laughs> answer. Uh, so my, my actual answers, well, I spoiled the setup mm-hmm. for this a little bit and I'll explain, I'll explain why I ask. Okay. So whenever I ask this of anybody, mm-hmm. you no, know, we were talking about Theon Greyjoy, which is why, uh, why I brought this up. Yeah. Every time I ask this, somebody says my, the character I would most and least like to, or this one and that one. And there's a lot of answers. And, uh, and then, and nobody ever remembers Theon. In this case you did because we were just talking about him. Oh yeah. So I, that's the part that I spoiled, but almost every time it's somebody else other than Theon. And then I say, what about Theon? Theon?" And everybody goes, oh yeah, (laughs) I forgot about Theon. I think because he spends so much time, uh, you know, chained to a wall and a 
in a dungeon somewhere that there's points where he's not all that relevant in the show and you don't consider him part of the the broader plot for a while. But yeah, once you ask, what about Theon? The answer is always, yeah, okay. And his, his is so extremely bad. His story is so, his journey is so extremely horrific Mm -hmm. that you got to take him out of the judging and you got to say, all right, but if it wasn't for Theon, what would your other character be? Absolutely. And then you said Tyrion. Would that be your answer? Maybe? Uh, Probably. I don't like the way he's treated, but his, like he's, I don't know. He's got it pretty comfy. He's got it pretty comfy, yeah. So I'd have to think on that a little bit longer, um, because I feel like there are really some people who just get the shittiest end of the stick, and despite being treated like absolute shit, Tyrion does have a lot of privilege anyway. So and a lot of sex, (laughs) and a decent amount of sex. Yeah, he probably has more sex. He's the most sex of anybody. Oh yeah, most of the nudity was nudity in that. It's him. Yeah. So I, my most, I guess, uh, Daenerys might have been that. That was a pretty good for most of it. Like, I mean, come on, you get to go around and conquer large parts of the world and then just rule yeah. over it before you lose your mind suddenly. Yeah, well, and especially <laughs> if you are you start as a person of the people. Like, she's a liberator of slaves. Yeah. Like, how cool! Like, how what a purposeful thing to do with your life. You know. Um, Let me put it this way: <laughs> if if I had experienced one of those journeys mm-hmm. and then had to tell the story back, mm-hmm. the story that I would most want to tell back would be Arya's. So my mm-hmm, person I right. most want to have their journey would be hers. And she had some pretty rough experiences. She almost died multiple times. Yeah, but she comes out of it on top every single time and really just makes off on her own terms. She again, really does. As the lone wolf, as the starkiest of Starks. <laughs> like that a lot yeah and the character i would least like to be outside of theon uh or the journey i'd least like to be on is john snows because it looks so cold it's <laughs> so cold yeah he has it pretty rough too and kind of just filthy like just being surrounded by these dead bodies all the time trying to kill you with their frozen to the bone fingers it's just so unbearably cold for most of it that's funny that you'd use temperature as a reason not to for snow because the heat for the fire for Daenerys was a little bit why I'm like, but she can be as hot as she wants and she won't catch fire. Like there was this meme that I really like and it's, um, it's Daenerys walking out of the fire, you know, walking through the fire with the eggs. And, uh, the meme said, this is what my, uh, see, it says my girlfriend in, in the shower, my wife in the shower. Because, you know, we oh. have it just like where it's scalding, scalding and the guy comes in and he's like, I'm melting. Ah! <laughs> I've definitely had multiple, you know, you share the shower with your significant other and they jump in expecting it to be a reasonable temperature and then they scream. <laughs> You're like, That's true. I, I won't turn it down, though. It'll be really cold and I can't do that. <laughs> Why are men and women so far off on everything? I don't know. I think somehow on a genetic level um, or a biological level, I guess I should say that women just don't know how to like we can't produce our own body heat. But that's not all women. So I don't I don't know. Well, nothing's all anybody. Yeah. Uh, I said to uh, somebody it's a work thing, a work relationship that I have on the phone the other day. She said, well, I'm going to hold you to that. And like remind you, you said it. I said, wait a second. What do we need to do that for? Like I said it maybe I still feel that way tomorrow. Maybe. Uh, and I said, I started saying like, why do women need to, why do the women need to remember everything? 
And uh, and she interrupts and says, "We're that's starting to get a bit sexist, Riker." <laughs> she called me Riker. Did she? Ooh. And I said, "Look, I said I don't have a problem with men remembering things that I said and reminding me later." Mm-hmm. And she said, "That's because men forget everything." And I thought, "Well, that's one way of looking at it, Deb. Now, isn't it?" <laughs> one was a positive thing, and one was a negative thing. <laughs> no, it's just like how would a woman look at it if a man's yeah. always bitching that women are, you know. Why do you have to remember everything I said and throw it back at me? And a woman looks at a man thinking, why do I have to tell you this so often? Why can't you remember? And of course, men are sitting there thinking, because I don't care. Nothing that is important to you is important to me and vice versa. I will say Taylor remembers everything. My it is boy- so annoying. My boyfriend Taylor remembers everything. <laughs> and it kind of drives me crazy sometimes because he'll like, he'll catch me on the details, like the specific semantics that I use, like the words I use. And I was like, I don't remember that. I can't stand by that. Like, unless we recorded it or written it down, like, let's not refer back to things I've said previously. Let's go from right now because I don't know. And I can't speak to that at all. And let's not record it. (laughs) Like, you know what I want least of all is having any of my thoughts that I just shared off the cuff recorded. That's true. And and I usually change my mind on it anyway. Millions and millions of people, much like our audience. He'll tell me something that I had like a view on a year ago. And he's like, oh, yeah, you had this really strong view about this, blah, blah, blah. And he remembers word for word what I said. And I was like, "Mm, that's weird that I felt so strongly about it because I really just don't have that feeling about it right now. So I'm glad you remember, I guess. But maybe forget about it because because I did. That's I feel that way about everything. Like uh, somebody. Well, that's what you said. You said this. You said this, Riker. (laughs) (laughs) And um it's like, okay, yeah, that's, I probably felt that way at the time, and later I didn't. Like, yeah. what do you want from you? Ne- have you never had that experience where you felt a certain way about something strongly and then realized later you were full of shit and unqualified to talk about the thing that you were bloviating on at the time? I have to say that's one of the biggest reasons I don't like to engage, on, engage in debates online because... People don't go to it to change their minds at all or their perspectives. They go in there with the feelings that they're going to have. And, you know, I don't feel like there's an opening for if you change your mind on it in a public forum. You know, you've been giving your rant, your arguments, and all of a sudden somebody presents, you know, a good counter argument. And you can say, oh, yeah, no, that's a good point, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I feel like that usually turns around to being like, yeah, see, this point's stupid. You know, like, people start shoving the shit down your throat for it. And you're just like... This is yeah. why I'm not engaging with That's this. That's when you start going back through the entire thread and deleting everything that you wrote. Yeah. Like, oops, sound like a dick. I don't know why I felt so strongly about having this conversation <laughs> at the time. Got to make all the evidence of this disappear. Absolutely. But it's, I mean, I think it's nice that we've gotten to an age where we can uh, bury our ego a little bit or like, you know, push it to the side so we can admit that we're wrong and be open to the new idea. But I do feel like it's... There's nothing that I'm certain that I'm right about. Mm -hmm. Very little. I I barely am certain that my name is Shmi. (laughs) I just... Some days... You definitely spell your actual name wrong. So what can you know for sure? Oh, my God. I love my mom, but man, that was mean. The way way she spelled my name is just mean. (laughs) Yeah. Siri has a real problem with it, too. No, I believe that. I really do. Um, it actually really bothers me. I've been getting new variations on my name where they're adding, like, I'm used to people adding weird letters into my last name because it's, you know, it's a weird last name. But my first name, like, they added a, a name that made it a totally different name. And I'm just like, how? There's no L in my name. There's just not. <laughs> There's nothing that looks like an L. Like. <laughs> I can't. 
Yeah, I've had all sorts of. I mean, mine is. I could see why you wouldn't know how to pronounce it, but people just like they added Z's to it. Z's. Yeah. That's the least used letter of the alphabet, other than Q. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's odd. It's troubling. It's troubling. I don't. I like had it. troubled me too. I was I was straight out flummoxed by it. So I feel like my last name is really phonetic, um, but you know you're supposed to like when you're doing your graduation at at least for yeah. college. When I had my you know got to walk for college graduation, got they had to. me write my name down phonetically so that way they wouldn't butcher it. And I was so excited that somebody might finally call my name correctly for something. Oh, I was so excited. But then I went to write down my name to like sound it out for them. And I'm like, how would you spell it differently than how it's actually spelled to get across that? Nobody gets it. And so I tried, you know, breaking it into multiple words. So that way she could kind of sound it out as she goes. And she still totally fucked it up. And of course, you know, they have the camera on your face as you're doing the things. You're, you know, shaking your hands with the dean or whatever, accepting your fake diploma or whatever frame, you know, cause they mail it to you actually. So you get like the case for whatever or whatever. Um, and I'm making like the snarling face on the big camera because they said my name wrong. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I just wrote it down myself to see how I might do it otherwise. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I hyphened it several times to that's all, that's all you do. But it's spelled like sometimes I think about it. It's like, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Is there an O in it? Like, do I, do I need to add a couple more vowels to make it more yeah. complex? Or is it as simple as it is? It's as simple as it is. Mm-hmm. There's no other ways to go with it. Yeah, no, and it's weird. Like, I can see, like, if I were to say my last name, that it would be hard to just write it down and spell it. But the reverse is not true. If you see my name written down, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to spell, like, sound that out. Well, our identities are secret from our from our millions yeah. of listeners, though, so... But, man, if somebody was really working on the identity, this would be a fun little puzzle piece, wouldn't it? (laughs) Okay, so there aren't Zs in this one, and there shouldn't be an L in this one. Okay. Clues? (laughs) If you guys are creating a clue sheet, this is a good one. Keep this one for your treasure trove. All right. So that brings me back to Jessica Day of New Girl. (laughs) It's Jess. Um. Do you... Oh, you know what we haven't talked about? What's that? Whether or not this was a successful pilot. Oh, I feel like we caught all the little parts. But yeah, we tend to tangent before we come back to the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you think it was a successful pilot? I absolutely do. Yeah. In all four categories, it it did good things for me. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a successful pilot. Um, I guess... Watching it back... I don't feel like it really captures the best of the show, which is That's not fair. which is the opposite of what our scoring mm-hmm. methodology is. So yes, I it is a successful pilot. I will mm-hmm. pass it as a successful pilot. Um, although the hook was, I don't know that I felt that strongly about the hook. Okay, the hook was okay. like it was pleasant. It mm-hmm. made you feel good. I could keep watching. Mm-hmm. That's where the hook was for me. I could keep watching, but. Do I need to keep watching? Must I come back? That's if that true. if that was the first time I had seen that show, like what's the thing? What's the one thing that sets this show apart? Oh, how quirky how cartoonishly dorky Jess is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is the thing that sets the show apart. So if you're not in love with Jess, there's really no it's a it's a totally irrelevant show. That's Absolutely. like you know, ten other shows you've ever seen. The thing about it is though. Everybody's pretty in love with Jess. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so it's it was very effective. I, somewhere out there, there's like 12 people who don't know each other that are her, are sitting around saying, I hate New Girl. I can't stand Zoe Deschanel. What's the big deal about Zoe Deschanel? But I don't know any of those people. <laughs> I know. I'm like, hmm. I mean, I could definitely make a pitch for those 12 people if you'd like me to, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it is very effective. And I, I guess in part because the character is so relatable, mm-hmm. I think. Funny, yeah. funny enough. For being as odd as she is, she's relatable. Because I think that's, you know, I think we're used to turning on a sitcom and Mm -hmm. seeing, you know, sexy people be unrelatable, (laughs) right? And uh, for the lead in the show, I mean, she's super adorable. Not that she's not, I mean, you wouldn't want to say she's not sexy, but, you know, her whole premise is... Look, I don't really do sexy. Yeah. Like my type of attractive is not, I'm not selling sex. I'm mm-hmm. selling, you know, adorableness and I'd be a good mother for your children. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, so I, I guess at a very fundamental, at the very, the most fundamental core of the show is Jess and do you adore her? And I think pretty much everybody would have to answer yes. Uh, and I pity for, the fool who does not. Yeah, no. I, that I do too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if it wasn't for I want to see more of her mm-hmm. being her, mm-hmm. the hook is here's a group of people that like each other and it pleases yeah. me to see them interact. Yeah. That's not that strong of a hook. That's not that compelling of a hook to me. No, I suppose not. It, it did a lot for me, but um, yeah. Seeing There's nothing in the plot. Nothing in the plot? I'm asking. I mean, there was a period at the end of that. Maybe oh, was even there? an exclamation okay. point, but I, I mm-hmm. meant it as a question. Okay, do you want to try it again with a question mark and see how that goes? <sighs> was there anything in the plot? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot the question. Was there anything in the plot uh, that contributed to, to the hook? The hook? No, I I know what you were saying, but... (laughs) Um, Well, I wasn't sure if I did. Okay, cool. (laughs) Well, that's good. Uh, And for the audience, in case you guys forgot. Um, Yeah, I mean, I really feel like them ditching their plans for her. Because, I mean, if you think about why they chose to have Jess be their roommate, right? They didn't choose her because she was compatible, did they? Like, they chose her because Cece is her model friend and they will probably be more model friends. So they're being guys who are thinking, sorry, they're they're thinking where they're dicks. Like, sorry, you don't expect them to be like these heartfelt guys who are going to be nice. Then you see that they're, you know, trying to help her out of a hard time, which could still be really self-motivated. We don't want this miserable lump taking up our couch and crying and singing to... Time of our lives. <laughs> I get it. We we don't know until the end of the show that the show has heart. Yeah, exactly. And that these people actually do care about Jess and not because they just think they're going to hook up with Cece as a Which result. Which is never going to happen. Um, For any of them, yeah. No. They're just... She's so out of their league. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, that's a good point. If you, if you, if you turn it upside down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you don't, you're not really sure of the character motivations. They're not sold on Jess. Um, she's going to love everybody. She's going to love them regardless. Uh, their motivations, as we've understood them so far, are totally self-interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Nick doesn't want her there. Coach doesn't want her there. Um, Schmidt, really, I don't have any idea if he wants her there or not. He wants Cece and Cece's hot model friends there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end, we find, uh, was there enough of a motivator? So so he runs off to see Jess after he realizes she's getting stood up at the restaurant by that guy who was an actual douche. Uh, while he's talking to his ex-girlfriend, um, and they're connecting, and then he runs out on her, which I thought was a little weird. Like, I don't think he looked great in that moment, abandoning the girl that he's, like, they're actually kind of, and I was also a little confused on why they were there together. He had called her earlier when he said, I I called, what's her name? Yeah, texted Caroline. Caroline, to, to, like, make sure we were good if I come Mm -hmm. to this party. They weren't getting together to to get together. Yeah. They, I would not have had the expectation based on that setup that they would see each other, run into each other at all. Like it was odd for me as well that she was even there. Right. So he was only calling to say, Hey, I'm going to be at this party. Mm -hmm. Is this going to be awkward? Is this going to be cool? I kind of wonder if it's that she has a hookup though, because it sounded like they weren't invited without her. And so that maybe she's running the event, but yeah, they didn't give enough information on the party or you and I just totally missed it. Um, No, I thought, I think think it was unclear, but you know, New Girl is, it's not known for really well-developed plots. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, it just isn't. So Yeah, maybe, so all about the characters. Yeah, so maybe it doesn't matter. But, uh, I th- like him running away from Carolyn or Caroline? Caroline. Was to go rescue Jess from being stood up. Mm-hmm. Felt a little bit like he was standing her up while they were... Kind of reconnecting. I actually wonder if this is like, because I kind of wonder if it's like the TV goodbye where on the phone, nobody ever says goodbye. They just hang up. And multiple times I'm like, how, if I was in a phone conversation and it was just hung up there, I would be like, hello, are you there? Like that wasn't a natural end of the conversation at all to me. I need a goodbye. And so I kind of feel like it's maybe like a writing thing where like, we didn't want to squeeze in a goodbye. That was just, you know, a couple seconds too many on the screen. So that we're supposed to assume he gave no, her No, because she goodbye. stands there like the person that you never see on the other side yeah. of the phone in a show. Um, she gives you the look you'd expect to see if somebody just ran away from you while Did you she? were reconnecting and making plans. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's looking back like, what the fuck was that? Oh, yeah, okay, that is weird. The staging of it was pretty weird. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know that there was enough motivation for Nick to go run after Jess at this point. I mean, hearing that he is the one who was the dumpy, not the dumper, makes me wonder if it's a <gasps> rejection thing that he's really relating to that and it just does not want her to go through that feeling of rejection. That oh. He knows how that is. He's been dealing with that for six months and is just now being like, hey, why did we break up anyway? Oh, I, I didn't think you liked me even until we, <laughs> you know, I didn't realize you had feelings for me until we actually broke up. Because you didn't show me any affection. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that I was actually important to you. Yeah. And in that moment, he's realizing, ah, Jess is at the restaurant mm-hmm. in pain because she's getting stood up or will be in pain because she just got broken up and now she's getting yeah. rejected. I need to go over there and make an effort and show she's important. Yeah, I mean, especially since they they were supposed to be her guides and they were the ones who were like, hey, get back out there. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, she would have been, I mean, I don't know if I'd call it content. She would have been perfectly okay, um, you know, sitting on the couch, continuing to watch that movie on loop. And he says, I've got to help a friend out Mm -hmm. or something like that. When he when he says when he says goodbye to Caroline Mm -hmm. and I got to go do something, he says, I got to go help a friend out. Yeah. 
Oh, I like that because mm-hmm. that's where the heart comes from. That's Absolutely. where the heart part comes from. She said, there's the initial point that sparks the inspiration in him was seeing Caroline mm-hmm. having her say, why did we not, why did we break up? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess I didn't know that I was important to you until after we broke up. Which is such a real trope, <laughs> like a real life trope, I guess. If yeah. that's even the yeah, word no, for we it. paused and talked about that during the viewing of it. That was I I, en- I appreciated that. It it made me contemplative myself about mm-hmm. about was there times in the past that that was the problem? You know that two people's love languages were mismatched. Yeah, it didn't translate. Um, no, but that, I, that's, you're selling me on it. So he says to her after that, when, you know, when it becomes clear to him that, you know, for what we just discussed, that, that, uh, he didn't show the affection that somebody was important to him. I've got a friend I got to go help out. So somewhere along the way, they had actually become friends somewhere along the way, he realized he actually did care yeah. and did want to demonstrate that he cared, which is what makes him the leading man in the show, by the way. <laughs> yeah that's true he was the one who had the hero's call to action or whatever yeah. it was um and and because schmidt doesn't want to schmidt wants to stay back and and, hang and watch out with. the girl who is jumping and has quite the figure and outfit i mean i get it though he they all three of them didn't need to go you can really see her party hats yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no they it, that was not a three three man job no. There was a one-man job. Having support from coach is awesome, but Schmidt should have and could have stayed. Yeah, Did you see the like way she was waving at him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In my dreams. Boy, did I. <laughs> Boy, did I. <laughs> in your dreams. Would a woman wave like that? that no, not even that? in my dreams. Not even Because there's dreams. nothing to relate it to, so my brain can't even generate that kind of imagery. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... It, it was weird that he left. Now that you mention it, um, the fact that Coach, who is very... I have not noticed any investment from him. Like, the only bit of concern I've noticed from Coach so far was the curling iron thing, which I was deeply concerned about, too, and would have probably mentioned it a minute sooner, where she's just got the curling iron in her hair and just holding it in the same spot. And, you know, you kind of assume at first that, like, it's a TV thing and they're just doing a stupid thing with props right. where they don't because actually do Because they don't do know anything. where to cut. They're not going to know how to edit it later. Exactly. So just hold it there so it doesn't create any continuity issues. Exactly. So, of course, I'm bitching about it. And then, you know, you see smoke coming from her hair and he's like, ah, your, your hair is on fire. fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But that's the only bit of, like concern you see from him at all what was he doing in that room in the first place he came in that room to say hey my boss told me that i don't know how to talk to women oh and then we did flashback there were several flashbacks oh that's true yep because there was nick making the phone call in code making the prank call to caroline (laughs) no hello caroline (laughs) (laughs) so there was a couple of those flashbacks oh and there was a flashback when when uh schmidt was at work uh, and he says, I'm just trying to do, Oh, he's got his pink tie on and his boss lady says, uh, nice tie. You have a tampon for me. Yeah. That was a weird comment too. It was stupid. Yeah. The whole guys can't wear pink thing is especially dumb because originally pink was a color for guys. Really? Yeah. Apparently that was like, you know, give me the history on this, please. I, I, I don't know it. You'll have Taylor? to ask Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He defended the pink at one point and he told me like that it was like a royalty thing or something like that. You know, and pink, purple is actually a regal color as well. Like the colors that we consider to be 
female colors are really Oh, it's not. because the peasants looked at the king and thought he's half a man. <laughs> <laughs> what a wimp. Yeah, I mean, well, if, you know, if they hadn't made the pink the color pink a feminine thing they wouldn't be able to charge you extra for making anything that color so Did you know bacon used to be a lunch thing and they wanted to sell more bacon so it was rebranded to be a breakfast thing i didn't know that i do know that it was added to burgers because they were trying to get rid of the undesirable cuts of meat so they really marketed burger like the bacon to people who had burgers bacon was considered undesirable at a period can in time. you believe that I was like, that's like the best, like that's the one, when I think about going vegetarian, which like I haven't seriously considered doing, but like if I think about like a hypothetical situation where I'm vegetarian, there's just bacon, bacon. I couldn't give up bacon. So and there's no, there's how no I met your mother, Ted Mosby and the bacon thing mm-hmm. where he thinks he's allergic to bacon. You remember this? I don't. That's you wild. don't remember this? Uh, considering you just watched the show again. Funny. Yeah, I've binged a couple of series since then. Like, pfft. oh, okay. Well, whenever I bring up how I met your mother, you're always like, you're always on top of it. So oh the, yeah, normally I know so all the of it. Bacon thing was mm-hmm. where Ted thinks he's allergic to bacon, and uh, and then finds out later. Oh, because he's got to like eat it competitively, or he's got to do yeah. the old switcheroo or something. And somehow he finds out, or somebody brings it to his attention. See, I can't remember. I was hoping you remember. Uh, brings it to his attention that uh, like. Ted, like you are not allergic to bacon. That's what your mom told you so that you didn't want to eat bacon. You know? And he says something like, oh, maybe I won't even like bacon. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, they all look at him like, yeah, Yeah. okay, you're not going to like bacon. Has never eaten bacon due to his mother's lie that he's allergic. Yep. Yep, and then hungrily hungrily devours it after that. That makes sense because it was a flashback. It wasn't when we came to Ted. It was like, remember when you didn't? You thought you didn't like bacon, and it was like another. Mm, it was, a point it was an ongoing came. bit, I think, too, in the, until a very late season, uh, maybe even the last season, where he has to eat bacon mm. and <sighs> does a fine job of it and gorges too much of it, and then says he never had bacon again. <laughs> That's hilarious to swear off bacon. Like I could swear off drinking. For a little while, like everyone does, but bacon—that's just yeah, why would you drinks. even do it? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually had something growing up um, where I was told, you know, a myth about the food, and then I never, you know, for the longest time didn't try it. My either my one of my sisters, older sisters, or my mom said that Mountain Dew grows hair on your chest, and I took it to be very literal that you would have a hairy chest. And body hair to me at a young age was like super gross. I was just like, ugh. So then, you know, they have all this Mountain Dew in the fridge and they're like, yeah, don't drink that. It put some hair on your chest. And I was like, well, shit. Yeah. Why are you drinking it? Like, <laughs> that's some scary my chest shit. is clinically bald. Well, you know, and you've seen the color of Mountain Dew. Like, you believe that shit could do weird. <laughs> it's radioactive. Of course, certainly it'll not make the color of anything there. edible. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've uh, pretty well covered it. I think so, too. Uh, and we had to get tangential because this episode of how, of uh, New Girl was only 22 minutes long. It was re- a really fast 22 minutes, too. I mean, yeah. despite the fact that we paused numerous times, the episode still felt very it short. Just, there wasn't much in it. It just didn't do that much. Yeah. And I guess that's right. how 20 minutes goes. But, mm-hmm. you know, you had the loft, you had the um, the bar, you had the loft, you had the club. Yeah. Like... I Only guess handful sets. 
you had to introduce everybody, so it was really just all about the character interactions. So they're just yeah. we didn't do like we didn't actually explore her rebounding. You know, they just went out. She kind of acquired a date that never happened. Um, like there just what there just weren't that many things that happened in the show other than people kind of talked about what was going on. Yeah, I mean, I did feel like you get kind of a good sense of who everyone is and what they do. Like, I especially liked that I kind of knew everyone's profession by the end of this episode. You know, Jess is a teacher. You know, Coach is a personal trainer. I don't know that you specifically know what Schmidt does at this point. I don't think you ever know what Schmidt does. He's marketing. Of what? I mean, like, he works for an ad firm, so, like, Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, like, it, it totally changes. Like, he makes a pitch to be on a certain campaign. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, like, you later learn that, but I don't think you learn it in this episode. But he's obviously, you know, very formally dressed, so you can kind of guess at the type of job he is in. Um, and then they show, like, they don't even tell you that Nick is a bartender. They just show you, which Good I really point. liked. Um, so I feel like you really know, you have a feel for everyone and what they're doing. Yeah, they, they had a fair amount to do mm-hmm. uh, and did it without making it feel like it took any effort to do it. Yeah, it didn't feel like it was exposition heavy. Yeah, there was there was nothing. It established everything that we needed to know, uh, with, and it was totally... You know, it wasn't labored at all. It wasn't like an episode that was overly dense. So I guess when you only have 22 minutes, you're you're not going to get much than the characters interacting. And that's what the show's about anyway. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a complaint. It's just... I guess I was just surprised that... And maybe it was looking back at the early episodes, lumping a bunch of thoughts into one. And feeling like that was the pilot. Because I thought... I didn't realize Nick was broken up with his girlfriend at that time. Because mm-hmm. she, she comes back into season one and they date yep. for a little bit. Uh, and she's... I thought a, she was a really good character that I was surprised that we don't get to see after that. Because when I met her, I was already in season two when I started watching the show. And then when I went back and saw season one, it was like... What's she doing there? You started on season two? It was a different time. All right. <laughs> well, it was. There, there was no way to go see season one. Oh, okay. I'm like, if you're saying it's a different time where people don't watch no, TV sequentially, like, like whatever. <laughs> and now it's midnight. It was like 10 years ago now. No, that's fair. Um, that you weren't watching it on a streaming service. I definitely do remember Nobody that you and was. I. Yeah. That you, <laughs> that's not true. I had Netflix at that point. But it wasn't on Netflix. It wasn't, point. no. Because it was, it just came out. <laughs> oh yeah, well, and Netflix doesn't get things as they're airing, anyways. That would be a Hulu right. thing. They get things a like season in arrears. Right. Anyway, I feel like I I didn't speak that glowingly of it. I thought it was a very effective pilot, um, or it was a it was a largely effective pilot. There there were. There have been more effective pilots. Oh, for sure. So if you were like, you know, ranking them compared to our other ones, I don't think it did as well as How it's I Met Your average. Mother. It definitely did better than Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, it was pretty average. It wasn't, you know, they didn't need to do that much heavy lifting. And it was, it was, it was perfectly adequate, mostly successful. It was worth a pickup. For Absolutely. A, you know, it was worth picking it up for the next, for the full 13 episode half season. The full half. The full half. The whole half. I'm going to have the whole... I'm going to eat the whole half. <laughs> no, yeah, it was worthy of saying, all right, we got this this you know cool actress, and they put a, 
a nice body actors around her. Yeah. Um, with a simple enough plot to get your head around and appreciate that there's enough hijinks to tell over a series. Absolutely. Well, cool. That's cool. a wrap, I guess. Guess so. Thanks for listening. This is Pilots.